Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. JB, if you've quite finished looking at videos of drill sergeants giving an <laughs> wow. absolute beast into their... I don't know if it says... I don't know private. what it says about me that I enjoy those so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the only time you've been watching someone someone's pri- pri- private's getting a beast. No, no. What are you doing? What I was you trying to make it, but it's a really bad but joke. And leave I the deli- jokes to me. <laughs> the, the, joke, the joke was bad, and I, de- and I delivered it terribly. Oh Let's my move on. Word, what a car crash. Here we go. Oh, no, no, what am I doing? I've messed it up. Pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Well, this is a shambolic start to another Egg Chasers rugby podcast. Going on from here, it can only get better. I thought it could get better. (laughs) What's going on? Why does this sound so weird? It does sound weird, doesn't it? It does sound really weird. Uh, anyway, mm. we're going to have to move on. It can only get better from here. That That is the good news. Uh, and thank you for still having us on. I'm Tim. That's JB. Good day, Tim. And that is Phil. Hi, Tim. And we love rugby. We don't take it or ourselves too seriously. And we're here to talk rugby. We've got the European Champions Cup and Challenge Cup to talk about. We have got loads of other stuff to talk about in the world of rugby and, and lots that you've already been getting in touch with us and getting involved with. So at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. I'll get to some of the interaction we've had over the last week, but thank you very much for that. Thank you for the comments on iTunes and the ratings and stuff. It really helps knock us up the charts. And once again, we were last week the highest ranked rugby podcast on iTunes. Again. Thank you very much. It means a lot. Uh, right. I reckon we should do one little thing before we get into the European rugby. I think, Phil, you spotted one little story concerning Japan, didn't you? Yes. little article on Eddie Jones, who's been across to Munich to watch Bayern Munich train mm. uh, and have some sit-down meetings with Pep Guardiola to see what Japan can learn from the way that Bayern Munich train. And it's, it's an interesting question that what can rugby learn from, from football? I think uh, I think we put that topic to bed right there on the podcast, don't you guys? Yeah, that, that's maybe sums, that sums it up. Maybe we could segregate some fans. No, 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 no. no. Maybe we could stop them drinking. No, no, no. Maybe we could encourage players to overreg how injured they are to try and encourage yellow and red cards. I think we've done that with Bloodgate. 
I think well, I think I think yeah. they actually could learn something from us. Yeah, that's well and truly been stamped on, hasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Maybe maybe there could be organised fights between <laughs> sets of fans after games. Now we're talking. Does that exist? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, right. So let's get into the European Cup then. We, we depart from this tournament for a little while and some of the groups are really, really delicately poised. I will point out as well that we are at half-time with your Ulsterman, Phil. Uh, don't currently don't get it. Currently getting a bit of a lesson by Scarlets. Well, it just <sighs> giving away penalties in the scrum, giving away silly penalties, not playing the conditions as well as they should be. Is the Wizard playing? He is, but the scoreline says Sa- a lot. Samson Lee being very influential in yes. the scrum. Is he? Yeah. Mm. He, he Power. Is. Uh, Power, where do, where do you want to start? What caught your eye most over Shall the weekend start so far? The, start from the beginning? From Friday night. Friday night sounds good to me. Now, Friday night, a lot of people have been talking about Proposition B, mm-hmm. this big, athletic, muscular, powerful back. But we've all been talking about the wrong Proposition B. Matt Banahan. A hat-trick. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm on record saying I'm not a big fan of Matt <laughs> Banahan, which was awkward. Uh, he played very well. He did. Did did you see him get bumped by his opposite number? Matt Banahan. He got sat down by his opposite number, who's no, like... I completely missed that. Uh, ...a foot shorter and about five stone lighter than him. They weren't the best tries, though, were they? They were, they were run-ins. They were, he, yeah, he finished them off. They were Julian Surveyor tries. Everyone's got to run them in, and they were created by the team around him, and he did well to finish them. Now, um, Burgess, yep. such an influential factor. He made seven whole metres... Is that cumulative carries? Cumulative cumulative carries, (laughs) seven metres. But for Banham's, I think it was his first try, where Rocker Daguni went through the middle. The skill to knee that. that Oh, no, sorry. That that was the first try, yeah, that uh, assist. No, his second try then, when uh, George Ford pulled it back behind Burgess to Rocker Daguni coming through, and Burgess had sucked in three players. Mm. That kind of stuff was... It is good. It shows oh, you the space he can create for others. And also, I thought his chip through was very creative. Did you like that? Yeah, I did, actually. I thought it was fr- a fraction off being a very clever play. Yeah. I, I do love the quote from Sam Burgess um, at the end of the match. He said, I don't know what I did out there. It was a bit of a blur. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he also just, I mean, very, very honest. Uh, I quite like this about him. You can see why he's got to the pinnacle of, of rugby league, because... He really does work hard, and he was—he came off and said, "I've got a lot to learn. I'm going to get back out there. I can't wait to watch the video so I can learn what I need to need to get better at." I thought it would be closer to rugby league than it was. It's actually a lot more different than I imagined. Mm. But I've got 80 minutes under my belt. Going to get back on the training paddock and get better. The raw skills are there, without a doubt. I just think we're going to wait. We're going to have to wait a long time till we see a truly international class player. Yeah. Well, the, the point was made about Jason Robinson's transition to rugby union. Uh, you look back and you sort of assume it was a really quick thing, but it went a bit far from it. It took a while for, and for Jason Robinson. Same with Carl Eastman, yeah. Yeah. It, it is easier as an outside back because it's similar. Closer. Yeah, yeah, it's more similar, I think. And if you're playing centre, if you're playing any of the technical positions, yeah. playing back row or wherever Sam Burgess ends up playing, it, it will be difficult. Mm. Yeah, um, a, a regulation win for Bath. We don't need to linger too long on that one. They did what they needed to do, which was get the five points. Just, just two minutes from time. Yeah, back down to earth for Leicester Tigers, wasn't it? Yeah, it was what everyone was expecting. Yeah, power from Talon. I yeah. thought Leicester, Leicester Tigers going into that game had a really good chance to put one over on Toulon away. Because I looked at the front row. Now, Toulon are full of names, and I didn't know any of the front row. 
Yeah, I mean, I had no idea who they were. They changed it up, didn't they? Yeah. The, the back five read like, uh, you know, the world's best back five from maybe two years ago, but still pretty good. <laughs> and the Leicester pack is starting to get fit again. So you've got Ayurts are there. Yeah. You've got Dan Cole, Pauling's back from six months surfing. Um, you know, and I thought, yeah, they've got a real chance here, but they kind of went into their shell and they, you know, they got a bit of a beat down, actually. I think you often see it when you're playing away in Europe. The yeah. home team gets a lot of the, like, decisions go their way so they were able to kick the corners kick sticks and just keep that scoreboard ticking over like the home team often can you could see the intensity with them um, with the players after last week it turns out that the, the Castro altercation which fired up the match but there was another altercation as it's transpired involving Dallin Armitage who basically chat- said to a couple of Leicester supporters who were you know, giving a bit of friendly banter in the car park let's go <laughs> wow <laughs> really <laughs> yeah that's an interesting. Maybe, maybe he went. Maybe Dallin Armitage went to um, Bayern Munich as well. <laughs> Picked up some tips from football. Bloody hell! Uh, yeah, that's yeah, not that's great. What, it should. It should just be water for ducks back. At any time that a professional sportsman gets sludged from the crowd. I, yeah, I noticed something which happened this weekend, which is straight from, straight from football, and I'll get into that in a minute. But can I just point out? I think the reason that Toulon was so much better than Leicester was because uh, Dylan's brother. Stefan and Chris Morsoe dominated the breakdown. Or oh, he was everywhere, wasn't yeah. he? Considering he's thirty-five, he, he was awesome. Now, when I watch Toulon, when you talk about rugby teams and you say, "Oh, a team is playing predictably," you can predict what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. It's always seen as a negative thing. Whereas when you watch Toulon, you know exactly what they're going to do, but it is just inevitable that they're going to keep going and keep going. You know they're going to like one out runners, one out runners, yeah. but they're always going to make yards and they're yeah. always going to get that two yeah. yards. So the defence is on the back foot. So the, the defence has to swamp in and it creates room out wide. It's one thing, it's one thing knowing what they're going to do, stopping it yeah. is just Sim- another thing Simple isn't, isn't easy. Yeah, they're so predictable, but they're so good at it. We'll all have played against teams. At every level of game, there'll be, there's always teams that you just say, nine-man rugby, and you know it's coming and you, you just can't stop it. Yeah. Uh, now, now, the Toulon pack is full of big names. And then I watched another game this week, which was to, to lose who are just full of big men. <laughs> now, the Toulon pack all look about a stone overweight, may- yeah. maybe a bit more. What popped into my head was this. And I got a job following fat people around with a tuba. Stop it! Cut it out! I have a glandular problem! Toulouse might have glandular problems. They might have glandular problems. <laughs> they are enormous. Well, I ran the numbers after Jay said that. So the Toulon pack, sorry, the Toulouse pack that played yesterday, 931 kg as a cumulative, which is about 20 kg heavier than the South Africa pack that beat New Zealand in the rugby championship. But they could actually increase the weight of that pack by about 100 kg. The, the biggest Toulouse pack that could be fielded, I think, is the biggest pack that has ever been fielded on a rugby pitch. Wow. When you put Edwin Macker wow, in there. that's amazing. Julian Gallant. Fact. <laughs> they could have a pack, a legitimate pack, that is more than a metric tonne. When I think of the modern rugby player, like I think of someone like Sam Orbison, who, if he wasn't a pro rugby player, could probably be a 400-metre runner. He's that, got that kind of frame. That athletic build. Yeah. Have to lose, kind of increase the size of their, size of their pack, because they, they, can't, they can't be a bunch of Sam Orbisons. They can't be 
doing the same sort of work rate as, say, a Rob Shaw or someone like that. And just saying, because you're so big, other teams are going to have to work that much harder to move you off the ball, to stop you. It's interesting because two of the back row that they had out on Saturday are very light. Dusatoire and Yannick Nyanga are both under 100 kilograms. They've got the huge monsters and then they've got the two workhorses who will do all that hard work and do all the tackling and cover across and hit every rook. Is it all good weight? Because there's... No, no, no. People people like Matthew Bastereau. I mean, he was really effective against Leicester, had a really good game, but you you, you can't overlook the fact that he could be even better if he shed a few kgs of the dead weight. But could he? Because... Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering now if there might just be a little cycle in rugby where saying, actually, we do need to get bigger again and in Toulouse this is how we do it because if you look at those lovely uh, BKL tops or um, whoever makes them all of the Toulouse pack look like they're carrying extra weight and it looks like I I can't imagine with all the there there is a function of um, body fat in rugby like if your body fat's too low then you haven't got enough uh, protection for your organs and your muscles and stuff so there is a functional element of it it's not like you're a marathon runner where you need to strip all the dead weight away but power is speed and f- and for- for- and mass. Yeah, force is mass times acceleration. So mm-hmm. so if you're a stone lighter, but you can accelerate that little bit quicker, yeah. you can generate the same force. Yes, sm- Ulster. Uh, oh, <laughs> score! Darren Cave again. Yeah, the again. caveman. Yeah. This Ulster have been all evening. And it's Sorry, Tim. It's quite all right. It's worth the interruption. Twelve-seven. Uh, 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 Scarlets lead Ulster. For- Even their fly half looked uh, a little podgy. Uh, and Gail Fuku. Has now got an extra double chin, chin somewhere. If I lived in France, I would be <laughs> massive. Jeez. More duck fat, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, and a word to the other team who played in that team uh, in that game. Apparently, there were two teams playing, uh, and that was Glasgow. <laughs> so I said that I would watch Glasgow, and I finally got around to doing it. And apparently, they didn't play too well. Apparently, I thought they played perfectly okay, and I was very impressed. Actually, I think Finn Russell might might actually be a really quite talented player. Yeah, I think he is, both Glasgow and Scotland. But they were just overpowered, it wasn't happening. Just taking a brief break from the rugby for a second, I just want to ask your opinion on this. Oh, oh yeah. OK, now... You're a Welshman, right? Well, just to, so to, to recap, if you haven't missed this story... There's been suggestions that Delilah should be banned. Not just, like, fans encouraged from not singing, but uh, but actually being banned uh, at, at the Millennium Stadium and other rugby grounds because of the what, what the content behind the lyrics. It right. trivialises Tri- violence against women. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the beat button is in full force. I hate this. I hate this so much. It's just a full-on frontal assault on free speech. No one sings Delilah and goes home and beats their wives. They might do in Cardiff. I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> but generally he was joking. Speaking, that was a joke. It's not a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. I do not sing these songs and then go home and then beat up my other half. I, I just don't. It doesn't <laughs> trivialise anything. In fact, what is happening is violence against anyone has been trivialised by these idiots. This isn't your biggest problem. It's not. It's, you're not going to fix the world. You've got bi- bi- bigger fights to fight. Go and fight them. Leave our songs alone. <laughs> <laughs> let the boys sing. Let the, boy, yeah. let the boys sing. <laughs> I thought that might get a rise out of JB. Very good, Tim. If, if, if you want every place that there's music to consider the lyrical content of its songs, then there'll be that's a minefield, frankly, because yeah. swing low, sweet chariot. Well, slavery. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, it gets you so angry. Yeah. yeah. Just professional campaigners. Getting back to the rugby, speaking of like dust ups and stuff, Leinster Quinns, there was a little dust up at the end, wasn't That's there? That's the only yeah. game this, this weekend I've not seen, so someone can fill me in on that. Good game. Madigan and Danny Kerr. Ooh, heavyweights. And then uh, Matthews. <laughs> the enforcer, the Matthews. Yeah. It was a little bit of handbags. It didn't seem too bad. Danny Kerr seemed to throw the ball in someone's face and then it, a bit, oh, of, bit of grappling on the floor. Good technique. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't like to comment. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read the uh, interview with Charlie Matthews start the season where he said he wanted to be yeah, the, the enforcer. enforcer and then proceeded to redefine what enforcer meant? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, think, so, I think he's playing well yeah. at the moment, Charlie Matthews. Well, he needs I, to be an enforcer in the mould of, I don't know, uh, Cudmore. Not so much. But in terms of working really hard and trying hard, yeah, I'm, in, I'm an enforcer. <laughs> I didn't know Mike Brown could kick either. He took, a, he took some kicks. Did he? He can do everything, Mike Brown. Yeah, he did. did they, they, have... they were 11-0 down at half-time. Mike Brown got a penalty and they came within a whisker but they didn't quite have enough in the locker at the end but I mean Quinns are playing a lot better it has to be said now than they were a month ago yeah it, a lot better it helps when they have a, a solid platform from their scrums which they have had the last couple of games or last few games Wasp signed off at Adams Park good with win style good win really yeah did, really did, good there was stuff, something so. like 56 turnovers in the two minutes that I watched <laughs> um, both teams just started playing you know, flinging it wide it looked awesome very uh, exciting what do you think of uh, the Wasps scrum off possibly competing for an England slot so maybe that third scrum half Joe Simpson yeah mm. uh, I've said it for a while I, I think he should be up there I don't think England are going to play a, good, a game that would suit his skills but I agree that what he does have is something a little bit different a little jack in the box well I'm going to attribute this to Stuart Barnes uh, Stuart Barnes was saying and we, he's coming to there's quite some stick on this show a few times okay I think JB might be about to pay Stuart Barnes a compliment but uh, yeah I am and he said oh my word he reckons the, the, the one and two scrum offs are Kerr oh. followed by Youngs Dixon's there about and I think he's right but he said Joe Simpson included him because he offers something completely different yeah and you know my expert theory I can't believe what's just happened that just happened <laughs> that just happened He's right. JB just paid Stuart Barnes a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) On the other hand, uh, a stop clock is right twice a day, isn't it? Yeah. I like Stuart Barnes. You like everyone, Tim. I like Stuart Barnes. You like everyone. (laughs) I think we should just pause from a bit more rugby. I quite like this going in and out of the rugby, if that's all right with you. We'll just continue doing that. It's confusing me, but yes. It's good. I like it as well. There's loads more to talk about. Hopefully this one won't make JB swear for a start. But have you seen the the Guinness adverts? Yes, Yes. I love them. Featuring Johnny Wilkinson and Shane Williams. They're awesome. They are really rousing, like hairs on the back of your neck. Goosebump inducing stuff. The Johnny Wilkinson one is incredible and you really should watch it, but a lot of it's in French and you need the subtitles, which funnily enough we can't really do on the podcast. So we'll, <laughs> we'll play the Shane Williams one, which is great as well. The Johnny Wilkinson one is brilliant. JB nearly cried when you watched it. Oh. Size. Power. These are the things a man needs to play rugby. And you have none of these Williams, they said. But they were wrong. It was the size of his heart. The power of his ambition. The strength of his character. Right, that's very rousing and everything, right? Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> but if they'd listened to us, they would have realised earlier. 
force is mass times acceleration. So as long as you're well <laughs> quick, you can be small and it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's got a very modern twist to it, which is as long as little Freddie believed he was good enough, he could play for Wales. Freddie, you're not good enough. It's like It might have helped that uh, Shane Williams could go lateral 10 yards in one step. Yeah, and his acceleration was <laughs> close to an Olympic sprinter. Yeah, yeah, so that could have something to do with it, but actually it's probably more so he had a big heart. <laughs> the Johnny Wilkinson one, however, is perfect. In 30 seconds, exactly what Johnny Wilkinson is, it, it made it me messed up. A, a, what's, what's the line? Loved by the English, adored by, by the, the French. French. It's wonderful, that, isn't it? He brought his broken body here. <laughs> he never played dirty, not once, and oh. that's not something which, which the French appreciate either. Can make a man in the right mood at the right time. It could, could make you misty-eyed. Uh, you are warned. <laughs> um, I think we should have a little pause for a quiz, gents. Oh, yes, good idea. We are uh, all uh, over the place. We are. Phil used the word wonderful there to describe the advert, and the, <laughs> the word wonderful started getting used a lot to describe Phil Stollen that he made a few weeks ago. And after my embarrassment of not bringing any baked or uh, Ooh, goods at all, what you, do you have? I, I have got a box containing some goodies today for our quiz. Now, we have said, and this is what we've agreed last podcast, JB, who's lost eight times out of nine, <laughs> and, and the one that he got wasn't a win, it was a draw. So what we've said is we will relieve Phil of his duties as question master once JB actually wins. And Phil just... I think it, we should get a listener on. Phil gave me a little heads up and went, JB might win this one. Oh, Maybe. No. There's two themes running through this. Is it Andy Good? Now, one is Welsh rugby. If the other one's Craig Bruce. The other one... Bruce Craig, even. Uh, I happened to watch Living With Lions 2009 okay. dur- during the week while I had some downtime. I know, Jay, you actually went out to South Africa to watch the tour. I don't remember oh. much, much so, so those two things should work in your favour, but we'll see how it we'll goes. See. Well, I literally can't remember a thing. Let me just introduce what I have for you. Um, now, Ooh, yes. my, my missus does some baking Ooh. before Christmas, and she makes fudge, and this is the first batch of fudge that she made. And how's it packed? And what she said to me was... What she, in, a, in a box, OK. What, what she said to me was, uh, this stuff's rubbish, I'm not giving this to anyone, you can give it to Phil and JB. <laughs> no! So it's throwaway stuff. So it's not in terms fudge. of flavour, she said it's not hard enough, It's not, um, which I get a lot. Um, <laughs> She said it's uh, it's gone too it's, it's too squidgy. Uh, I get that a lot as well. But if you can just sort of grab some, you'll get the flavour. It's it's white chocolate and Ooh. Bailey's fudge. Oh, oh wow. yes. So uh, have a little have a little taste of that. That's delightful. Oh, that's excellent. Oh, that is. That's superb. Oh, hand for that, please. Mm. I'll take a few, just a few over the side of the table. Mm. And I made a, uh, I made some gingerbread snowmen. Is this a paleo? <laughs> so, there's a. Oh, thank you. There's gingerbread snowman. Yeah, this is paleo, right, Tim? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, big time, yeah. Yeah, good. Hmm. Very nice. So, okay. okay. You, need to get, you need to get your baked goods on the go, get a pen and paper, play along with the quiz, and the barometer is if you do better than JB, then you're basically adequate. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, it's not even saying that. <laughs> no, it's right. really not. <laughs> what have we got, Phil? Okay, first question. Who is the current head coach of RGC? The current or the current? He was recently appointed. Yes. This is a fix. Hang on. You you, you showed me the article about two weeks ago. Hang on. I've, I've got two names now. There's one leaving and there's one joining. Yes. The one joining. The one joining. Yes. Oh, okay. this is a fix. <laughs> this is his hometown club. <laughs> Don't worry, there's only one question on RGC. All right. JB's favourite club. <laughs> I'll just delete that other question. <laughs> <laughs> question two. 
Who was the only player to be selected for both the 1997 and the 2009 Lion Tour? They were the two tours to South Africa. There was one player who played in both. Okay. Okay, question three. Who is the Welsh international with the most caps? Do you think Tim's got any so far? Uh, yeah, I imagine he's got a second one. Um... The most capped Welshman. Mm-hmm. Go on then, question four. Question four. Who are the starting wingers for the first test of the 2009 Lions Tour? It was a really good, uh, really good, interesting little video of the Living With Lions 2009. Really enjoyed it. 2009, that was South Africa, yeah? South Africa. You've seen the one yeah. where, and, where Andy Powell gets his currency calculation wrong and thinks he spends £90 on jeans, actually spends £400 <laughs> on jeans. <laughs> no, I didn't uh, see that. Right, I've had a guess at that as well. OK, and the last, the last question of this part of the quiz, yep. which is not like the other ones, it is... Which rugby union, rugby union accolade shares part of its name with a biscuit? I know you like your biscuits, Tim. Which rugby union accolade? Accolade shares part of its name with a biscuit. Rugby union accolade. JB's looking happy about that as well. I can't believe. Oh, no. Oh man, biscuit! I love biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Rugby accolade. Yeah. Give you ten seconds, Tim, and then we'll go through the answers. <laughs> I forget it. Whatever. 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 Right. Time's running out. Okay. Fine. Go. Okay. Question question one. The yeah. current or the, the recently announced head coach of RGC, Tim? Uh, well, I don't know who the current one is because it's obviously changed recently, and which JB would know and I wouldn't. I've put Chris Horseman because I met him only a couple of months ago when he was the head coach. It was Chris Horseman, but next season it will be Phil Davis. One point for JB. For me and for JB. You did mention that on last week's podcast. I did. Yeah. I did. Damn it. Okay. Two, the only player to be selected for 97 and 2009 Lions Tour. I said Simon Shaw. Simon Shaw. Correct. I don't know this next one. And the very interesting fact about Simon Shaw... Oh, yes, please. ...is that he played 17 times for the Lions across three tours before he got his first test start. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, he got his first test start in South Africa, didn't he? Yeah. He had 17 appearances. Oh, yeah. 17 appearances before... And then it was the second and third in South Africa that he played. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, Question three. I went for Yian Evans. I went for Gareth Thomas. Both incorrect. It's Gethin Jenkins. Is it? Is it really? It is. Okay, two starting wingers, 2009. Now... First test. I wrote... Uh, Shane Williams is one mm-hmm. and I couldn't remember if it was and you've written yours out so you can't change I, I couldn't remember if it was Tommy Boat or Ugo Monier I know that I know that, I know that at some point Ugo had an absolute mare and I've got a funny feeling he managed to get but do I just go with Tommy Bow? Uh, go on Tim I'm going to go Shane Williams and Ugo Monier it was Ugo Monier and Tommy Bow. oh no it was Ugo oh, Monier and yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh, no. How did Shane Williams not play? Did he get injured? He was injured. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I think they started off injuries to Lee Byrne. 
and Shane Williams. Oh, yeah, the that's other... a stitch up. Okay, so question five. The Biscuit Trophy. Biscuit Accolade. Tim, I did, you, Tim did you get anything? I, I couldn't think of anything. All I, all I could think to write, the only thing I could think that made any remotest bit of sense was club. But then I thought, I'm going to go Penguin because they're a sevens team. I didn't know if they'd also be uh, some wow. sort of accolade. So I really went Penguin. Well, I went for the Giuseppe Garibaldi trophy, which is played out between Italy and France. Correct, JP. What do you know? So we go we go into the list, which we'll do a little bit later. Have you two JB. given him answers beforehand? <laughs> I have not given him, I've not fed him any answers on this. The, the thing is, when it's questions about rugby rather than guessing weights and telling you know, <laughs> what kind of watch do certain players like, I'm quite good. Same. I know a thing or two. So JB takes, what was that, a four? A five, five two lead. Five two lead. Into the, oh, dearie me. That's, oh, that's going to be ugly. Um, we'll, we'll take a brief break. We, we, obviously, Christmas around the corner, um, we're going to have a winter break because we're all off uh, different parts of the country and seeing family and all the rest of it we won't be able to get together um, for the podcast so next week will be our last one of yeah. 2014 Yeah, we, we might put out something in trim or something yeah just we, we, we'll, we'll see how we go we'll, we'll see how we do with tidying things over but uh, we wondered if we could come up with a 12 days of Exmas. Good. Good. Um, <laughs> and what would be in that? And thank you very much for some, some brilliant suggestions. So, what would replace the maids are milking, geese laying, and all the rest of it? And we had some really good suggestions. I do like the Sam's are slamming. Yeah. Yeah. Seven Sam's are slamming. Seven slams are Sam. <laughs> Sam's are slamming. Easy for you to say. Too. Yeah. Maybe after a couple. We're going to keep that bubbling away on Twitter. So keep your suggestions coming, and there's been some absolute belting ones. So who should be in? What would they be doing uh, to have a rugby version of 12 Days of Christmas? We will get on board with that one and, and give you the fruits of your labour next week. So at Rugby Podcast on Twitter is where you can find it. Just to keep you going, Joe Heron tweeted saying, and I quite like this, Joe Heron tweeted, on the first day of Christmas, my podcast gave to me a quiz that was won by JB. Very good. <laughs> Which, we'll wait and see how you get on today. Christmas yeah. might have come early, Joe. Uh, so there's been loads of brilliant suggestions that have come in on Twitter. And um, no one's come up with 12 trees or something. 12 trees at centre, AVP on Twitter. Oh, I'll take it right. 12 trees at centre. So there we go. There's a bit of wordplay, a bit of punning going on, and just some good suggestions. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter, and we will unveil the fruits of your labour next week on the last show before Christmas and last show of 2014. Uh, but as for now... On a similar kind of festive feel. There you go. On a, on a festive flavour, what we would like to do is come up with a rugby nativity scene. So in in the secular world of uh, South Manchester and at my, my kids' school, that their their Christmas performance was called Strictly Come Christmas. There was no 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 nativity oh, in sight. Why? I mean, I'm not a big God guy. No, I'm not. <laughs> You're far from it. You didn't even go to your brother's christening. No, not but your brother's christening. Your brother's your nephew's christening. Niece, I niece. Go. But um, oh. we well, went to the after party. Oh. Why? Anyway, no, well, that's fine because it's it's a, it's a, mu- it's doing... a multiracial um, school. It's not it's not a religious school, so that's fine. So they, anyway, they did strictly come Christmas. But if they were doing the traditional nativity, as a lot of schools are, will we be doing a um, one of these for Yom Kippur? <laughs> we can do Jay if you want. Maybe, maybe I don't know that I don't know the main protagonists from Yom Kippur. No, story, do I? Uh, but I do know the main protagonists in the nativity story. So, which rugby players would take the roles of the various players? For example, and let me kick this one just straight off the bat. Uh, let me pause the music to do to play you this. Remember Sebastian Chabal from that currency fairy advert? Oh yes. Yeah. Right there. Don't even think of pressing that button. He had the. 
Angel wings on. Et voilà. He's an angel, isn't he? Actually, I'm a fairy. <laughs> well, you can be an angel in our nativity there, Sebastian. So Sebas is the angel Gabriel. Any other roles that you want to put forward? Well, the Virgin Mary should be played by one of two people yeah. for very different reasons. One would be Johnny Walkinson, because he <laughs> might be a virgin, we don't know. And the other one would be Mike Phillips, because that'd be funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think let's go with Mike Phillips as Mary. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> because I actually had Johnny Wilkinson as a thought for Joseph for the simple reason that he'd be the only rugby player that you would believe when he said, no, I didn't touch her, Governor. <laughs> I just, no, she has, she, I have not bedded this woman. So uh, maybe, maybe Andrew, Johnny Wilkinson. Maybe Andrew Sheridan as uh, Joseph. Because Joseph is a carpenter, right? Yeah. He's a bricklayer, Sheridan. Same Good with his hands. Good with his hands. Strong, silent type. But yeah. <laughs> Fine. All right. There's a couple, a couple of contenders there. Anyone? Baby Jesus? Hmm. I, I was thinking... Danny Care just because he's tiny. I was thinking George Ford. <laughs> Very good, yeah. Youngster showing us the light. Prodigal son. Yeah. Yeah, yeah prodigal son with yeah. his uh, dad. As... Does that mean Mike Ford is God? Is it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Mike Ford wasn't as good a player as... Oh, Ulster oh. blowing a... Tr- oh, sorry. It's all right. 12, 12 minutes to go and it's 15-7 Scarlet's uh. against Ulster. Um... George Ford, sorry, Mike Ford wasn't as good a rugby player as Andy Farrell. So actually, Correct. there's an argument that it should be it should be Owen Farrell, Owen Farrell as Jesus. Because now, if we're going down the go- like having to assign God this omnipotent omnipotent being, then it's only one. Uh, there's Gatland. only one God. Warren Gatland. No, he- Bod is God. Bod. No. Uh, Bod is. No God. one is as all powerful in Wales as Warren, as Warren Gatland. Gatland. <laughs> but in, the, in omnipotent- the world of rugby, in the, in the world of rugby, there is no one that is so universally accepted as being. On, a, on another higher level. Uh, this yeah. is so blasphemous, it's unbelievable. <laughs> no, no. Let me I don't care, Bod is God. Let me tell you right right now, you might say Bod is God, but Bod was dropped by Gatland. In Gatland's, <laughs> no. So Gatland is more powerful. Gatland is more powerful. You cannot say a single word in a Welsh region without Gatland knowing about right. it and acting immediately. Well, wait, there's other roles to assign anyway. Yeah, three wise men. I, I just had the uh, the last three French coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Philippe Saint-André, Matt Lieberman, Bernard Lepore. I would definitely go with uh, Bruce Craig. Bruce Craig. Bruce Craig is one of the wise men. Oh, 100%. 100%. Bearing <laughs> gi- and his gift would be gold. Lots of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh other wise men? Hmm. Stuart Barnes? Steve Diamond? <laughs> Steve Diamond and Richard Cockerell could make like a, an unlikely wise man <laughs> duo. <laughs> Comedy duo. Now that's a fight that I want to see. Oh, we were talking about this last week. The, the, Cockers who, and Diamond. The, uh, the, who would you have in a, in a rugby death match? Cockers and Diamonds would be a great one. That's they it, would never throw a punch at because they're so used to everyone just being scared. And do, What happens when two worlds collide? Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, who'd be the donkey? Andy Powell, maybe. <laughs> Andy Powell's good. I had um, a rather religious chap, you and Murray, as the the donkey. Oh, good, good. Uh, and then because you normally have a, a donkey and an ox, and then another prop as Key and Healy as the ox. Oh yeah. Do you have an ox? I yeah, you have, yeah. Sheep, you have sheep. Ox. Yeah, sheep. Keen Healy's a great ox. Yeah. So, somehow in the nativity, I managed to be a candle. So uh, that, that was my role when I was a kid. I remember getting told off a lot by my parents for my nativity role as someone because I was picking my nose continuously. <laughs> and nothing, nothing's changed these days, has it? It was a disgrace. <laughs> shepherd. Mm, yeah, shepherd. Just want to guide everyone. 
Uh, why do I feel that there is a shepherd somewhere in the... Oh, that's with the last name, shepherd. No, no. Cameron, Cameron Shepherd. Shepherd. Oh, Cameron Shepherd. No, an actual shepherd who plays rugby. I'm thinking... Oh, there's got to be a New Zealander that's a, yeah. that's a shepherd or an oh, Aussie that's a shearer or a Welshman, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going out on a limb here. I might be wrong. I've got a feeling that the Young's boys have a farm. Yeah. Is it a sheep farm or is it a cattle farm? Doesn't matter. They're in. <laughs> <laughs> ben Young's guides his team around the park. <laughs> yeah. Who'd there be, you go. Who'd be King Herod? An evil... An evil... An evil Obviously, Wayne Bortons. <laughs> <laughs> Is that that's the most obvious one of the lot? <laughs> Wayne Barnes cast as Herod. Okay. Blowing whistles in everyone's faces obnoxiously. We're bound to have missed some there. Um, so, at Rugby Podcast, if you want to make a little comment on the ones we've done, come with, and, uh, and then, then, yeah, in, in our pre-Christmas show, we can round off the Christmas rugby nativity and the 12 days of Eggsmas, uh, the rugby players in the 12 days of Christmas song. Um, right. I feel like we should talk about some actual rugby for a bit. Yeah, can we? Please, we yeah. missed we missed a couple of games, haven't we? Uh, Claremont Munster, which I watched. Uh, Saracen Sale, which I did not watch. Northampton Treviso, Racing Ospreys. Northampton Treviso, let's just deal with that one pretty quickly. Eleven tries, romped two hat tricks, two hat tricks, yeah. including Sammy Manoa coming off the bench and scoring a hat trick yeah. in about thirty minutes, including one from about uh, fifty yards out. Uh, there's more rumours circulating about him to tell on. Are there. I mean, it's the, the, hard to keep hold of these guys when clubs like that come knocking. The rumours are him and Eben Etzebeth to Toulon. Oh, oh my goodness me. Oh, no. And, and Northampton signing Jake Ball to cover Sammy yes. Manoa. What was it? Jake Ball to um, Northampton. Northampton. Liam Williams and Liam Justin Tipperick. To Leicester. To Leicester. Oh, I hope so. Reese Priestland to Bath was one that... Yeah. What? Really? That's mental. Which is just... He's right. just going to be a squad player. He is just a squad player. But he's also a Welsh international, so... Reece, where, uh, where, during where, the international breaks, you'd think both of them would be probably missing. No, yeah. hang on. Does Henson get released from Bath? He's going to be utility cover if he goes. He's going to be on the bench and play he in the smaller games. He does not want to make that move. Other than for the money, but he if does you, not but want then, that move. Uh, then again, if you were Bath, you'd have to identify that if George Ford gets injured, yeah. you've got a weakness there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Because who, who do they play instead of Ford? I think they go with Devoto or Henson. Yeah, yeah. It's a big weakness, really. So yeah. uh, it's yeah. a good move for Bath. Exactly. Yeah, great move for Bath. Jake yeah. Ball to Northampton's an interesting one to cover Samu Manoa. Jake Ball doesn't quite have the same ball carry, but very few people do as no, Samu Manoa. No, I, I but, but he is a big man that throws his weight around and hits rocks all day long. He's getting yeah. better. Northampton will genuinely have to sign two players to cover Samu Manoa yeah. because he's their first choice second row, and as soon as Sam Dickinson is injured, he's their first choice number eight. Yeah, great. So player. there's not many players, well, not many one player who I mean, can what, cover that. They could sign Jake Ball to cover the second row and then sign a marquee like Dwayne Vermeulen or someone like that to come in and play that number Ooh. eight. You know what they could do Go on. That, that might actually not be too bad a move for everyone concerned? Why can't they just go, it's going to happen, Stefan wants to play for England, yeah. let's just do a swap now. That sounds That's good. That's a very good idea, Tim. That is good. Well done, Tim. That'd work really well. And everyone's happy. I mean, you still need your second row. Yeah, they still need to. The second yeah. row would still be a concern for Northampton, but... I mean, Manoa's often playing back row at the moment because mm. of injury covering that anyway, so they've already got the second rules there. So, yeah, I think that works all right. Very good idea indeed. See, I've always said this about Toulon. If Toulon's interested in one of your players, don't, don't be worried, just ask for a swap. Yeah, like Sheridan, Frevy and Lewis Roberts. Yeah, that was a great <laughs> bit of business sales, Sharks. Well done. Well done. Uh, did you say Liam Williams to Leicester? Yeah. Yeah. 
Lester do need some cover in the back three. And yeah. Tipperick, I think, would fit in marvellously. Yeah, swap for Julian Salvi. I think that would, would be... Not swap, but he would probably start ahead of Julian Salvi. I think that would be a very good move for Leicester. Yeah. And that, that would change Leicester's kind of game a little bit. Sal- Salvi's very good and he's a bit of a scavenger, but Tipperick's... A bit more athletic. Of, bit, a bit more athletic and might speed the game up. Yeah. I can see that being a good move. Yeah, agreed for both clubs. Nice uh, rumours. Well, the other rumours... Oh, no, I don't, oh, know, oh, I don't oh, know if you want to go on transfer well, yes, rumors. Yes, please, more. The Toulon rumours are Nonu. There's another three. So Etzebeth and Manoa, Nonu, Falau allegedly going there. Adam Ashley Cooper potentially going there wow. to join his mates Gitto and uh, Mitchell. leaving. There'll be a few retiring, won't they? Like Joanne Smith. Backy's both is retiring. Etzebeth is the most unusual shape of any man alive. He is like... <laughs> I, I don't know if he's quite... Is he as tall as... Um, uh, he's tall. He's big. Is he as tall as Charteris? I think uh, big is a massive understatement. He's just a mountain of a man. He's he massive. Lo- he I don't look- know if he's as tall as Charteris. Very few men are as tall as Charteris. He looks to me like Charteris. Same build on HGH or something. I mean, that, that's kind of what I imagine it would happen to Charteris if you were pumped him full of good things. <laughs> good <laughs> things or naughty things. Naughty things and good things. Uh, <laughs> six nine is Etzebeth and 125kg. Oh, so... Just just shy of 20 stone. Uh, and what's Charteris? Well, Charteris Allegedly. is officially seven, six foot ten, is it? Yeah, it's officially but, six ten. But I, I played with him at uni and I didn't even come up to his shoulder. Wow, <laughs> he he's he's seven foot. Yeah, when you when you see him stood next to people who are like six seven and six eight. Oh, oh no! My God. Oh wow 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 wow! Surely wow. he wasn't bound. Uh, Scarlets look like they've won this game. There's only two minutes to go anyway. They were two points ahead, and potentially denied Ulster a bonus point, losing bonus point. Yeah, they will have done because the try was under the posts. He didn't look bound to me. Well, uh, with scrum nine goes to pass to ten and. The, the uh, open side flanker intercepts it. Well, that is an amazing win. That's a brilliant win for Scarlets, and that's that's all over for Ulster, really, it is. isn't it? Yeah, that's game over for Ulster, definitely. Well, try's been given. Yeah, game's been lost. Yeah, Ulster semi-finalists. They're now on the scrap heap. Yeah, out <laughs> for another year. But let's talk about the Claremont Munster group because there's going to be a big team on the scrap heap there. Yeah, guaranteed. Tournament even started, and it's it's edging to be Munster as it stands. Yeah. Claremont top the group with. With 14, with three wins out of four. I've got a feeling Claremont are going to come unstuck against uh, Saracens, though. Even at Saracens at their place. Yeah. I just don't think they like playing them. I think Saracens know the key to beating them. Hmm. Munster, like I've said this before, they've done a deal with the devil when, when it comes to <laughs> Europe. And something will happen. <laughs> Every single permutation is possible. So By far the hardest route for Munster now. Claremont, Claremont absolutely battered, and I mean battered, the Munster scrum. And at one point, they I don't know why they did this, actually. Peter Marnie, I'm sure it was Peter Marnie, was on the floor, and the Munster scrum had completely broken up and collapsed, and the Claremont players had walked over Peter Marnie, and then one of them threw his legs, grabbed hold of Peter Marnie, and started dragging him along. <laughs> Literally, just he, he's like in a fetal position, and he's been dragged along by a flanker, one of the Claremont flank- flankers, just as their scrum... As is, the scrum is still yeah, going as forward. As the scrum is still going forward. Wow. It was humiliating. That was that is that, that's embarrassing. But Munster, they you said they did a deal with the devil. I re- yeah, I reckon like in Game of Thrones parlance, they have got the Red Witch. Oh, definitely. <laughs> for, for the Munstermen, they'll, yeah. they'll do some. They'll do something. 
they'll manage to take out one of those two teams, Saris or, or Claremont, yeah. on, based on previous form. But this could, this could be the year it all changes. Not looking great for Irish t- provinces, it has to be said. They've dominated in recent years. Ulster are bottom of their pool. Leinster are, aren't, are in it, obviously, but they're level on points with Quinns and only one point ahead of Wasps yeah. in pool two. How much of this is down to um, the Pro 12 being a lot more competitive well, they're having to play every I think game. it's massively to do with it we talked about this from before the season during the season This we said this will be an interesting year for the Pro 12 and it might make it a, a much better competition to watch because they've got to qualify for yeah, Europe rather I, than being able to rest up for two weeks I, I mean the English squads are bigger than, yep. well, than the Irish squads but, in, but previously Ireland would just go oh, we'll just put the A team out yeah. And the and the fringe players, we'll we'll put them all in for a couple of weeks in the in the Pro 12 because we're going to be in Europe next year. You can't do that now. Yeah, and it's having a. It's ha- and I, you're I think, that, I think that's directly having a big impact. Ulster and Leinster both having a bad time with injuries, and it, it may be the same thing. They're having to play their best players. They're having to have more game time, play more games when they're not quite 100. percent So they're picking up longer term injuries. And, com- and you know, if you were an Irish fan, you'd be quite happy after the autumn internationals. But you, I, I think you'd have to be concerned with the World Cup in September. It's like, well, the, I suppose the good news is the World Cup's in September, so they'll have a, a yeah a lengthy break. From yeah, and there's that. a there's a reduced summer international schedule yeah. uh, because of that as well. Saracen Sale, which Didn't was see it. which was routine. Routine for Saracen. Sale are a plucky team, but yeah, Saracen. Billy Napola, who's back after a few weeks' mm. rest, looked really good. He made did look very tremendous good. break, scored a good try. There was um, a very interesting picture on Twitter. Nathan Hines, old dog, uh, who was very funny in the Lions 2009 um, DVD, by the way. At one point, Saracens had a line out and they had a little huddle just before and Nathan Hines went and joined the Saracens huddle so they could try and hear the line out call which I thought was really funny that is good I do that <laughs> uh, right so yeah we have talked about the rugby we'll, we'll briefly look ahead to the weekend's matches the Pro 12 and the Premiership are back in business but we have got the small matter of the quiz to get back to now this mm. could well be because JB from the fix of a start not fi- sure it was a fix, fix to, well there was some questions that were directly aimed at getting JB a win well only the one well uh, I don't know about that <laughs> I think I think I think I think you're uh, a bit one-eyed if you think there's only one question aimed at you well, that's fine fair enough I've still got a chance to redeem the situation uh, but I've got to come from 5-2 down in this one okay so there's seven points available in this yeah so you can definitely do it Tim now, what I want you to do is name from youngest to oldest the Wales team that started <laughs> Wales <laughs> against <laughs> <a> total fix. <laughs> the Wales team that started against England in the 2013 oh. Six Nations that beat them 30 points to three. Oh, this is such an unbelievable <laughs> fix. I have no idea. Yeah, yes, you do, JV. So I want you to name the starting backline. Sorry, oh, backline. Backline. Oh, sorry, say that, not yeah. the not the full team. Oh, good. I was going to say because that's yeah in, in age. Just the backline in age order, mm-hmm. from youngest to oldest, and the backline is fairly predictable. Oh, in which case I've lost it because I'm not going to be able to make up the points. On well, that. the ages make it more interesting because there's no points if you get them in the wrong position. Oh my word. I've got my seven. Okay, all in order? Yep. Jay? No. 
Come on, JB, this should be easy for you. Come on! They're Welshmen! Right, come on, give me, give <laughs> yeah. him, give him a time limit. Ten like seconds. Me. Ten seconds, JB. Okay. Yeah. Right, we're done. done. Okay. Seven names. I can so, see. do you want to go from youngest to oldest? Yes. Do you want to go? Um, so, youngest first. I've gone George North. I too have got George North. Points for each of you. He was uh, just shy of twenty-one. He's twenty years old. I went Jonathan I'm... Davies next. I went with Cuthbert next. Cuthbert is next. Oh. He was twenty-three. Uh, which means I went with Cuthbert next. <laughs> which is obviously incorrect. What have you got written down, Jay? Yeah, I have gone with Halfpenny next. Halfpenny is not correct. Is it not? The so third, it was Davies. third was Dan Bigger. Oh, that means I've got one of the players wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went for Lee Halfpenny next. In fourth place. Yeah. Jay, who did you go for? Jonathan Davis. Lee Halfpenny was correct, Tim. So that's two all for this round. Uh, I went for and this one's going to be wrong fifth, then. I went for Reese Priestland he did, wasn't even playing wasn't playing I think he might have been on the bench Jay in fifth Jamie Roberts no it was Jonathan Davis oh. he was 25 I went for Mike Phillips in sixth and Jay who did you go for Reese Priestland <laughs> so no it was oh. Jamie Roberts in sixth and I went for Jamie Roberts seven you thought Jamie Roberts was older than Mike Phillips I did Phillips I got I did Jamie Roberts is four years younger than Mike Phillips is he really yeah. oh what <laughs> so two points each for that round which... no I got three Mike I Phillips. Phillips oh sorry Jamie Phillips is the correct yeah so, so 3-2 in that round which makes it 8-4 overall and the first JB win <laughs> Well done, Jay. Thank you. You've worked very hard. Wow. In fact, this doesn't feel like it's capturing the gravitas. I think we need this music back. JB, <laughs> after 10 weeks, it... two and a half months of Egg Chasers Rugby podcast, he's won a quiz. You've got to ask me questions about rugby or I won't get them right. Okay, about <laughs> about Welsh, Welsh rugby. Welsh rugby. <laughs> he's won a quiz about Welsh rugby. Well done, Jay. From the era that he knows Welsh rugby. <laughs> <laughs> Including one question about his local team. <laughs> <laughs> Although you did get the uh, Giuseppe Garibaldi trophy. Thank you. Correct. That is Which very is good. good. I'm impressed with that. Yeah. Well done. So, who wants to do the quiz next week? Well, I'll tell you what. Should we let fate decide? Good idea. I've got two bits of paper there. Fold, ooh, fold it up. One with J on it. One with T on it. Whichever one you pick will be the question master next time. Put him in JB's Indiana Jones hat. What's going on with this hat, by the cool, way? Cool, isn't mate? it? It's awesome. <laughs> there you go. Pick one out. Uh, we have got new quizmaster next week is Jay. Jay, what a guy! <laughs> uh, that, means that, that, I... that means you're gonna have to do work before you come to the podcast. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> Thank you for being such a top uh, quizmaster, Phil. Oh, my pleasure. Well I, done. I quite enjoyed it. Can, uh, can we invite a third person on to do the quiz? Maybe a listener or something. We'll put it out. out All right, we'll put, oh. put it out there. If you would like, to, if you would like to take part in the in, in our little weekly quiz and uh, flex your rugby muscle, then 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 we'd be up for you getting on board. You'd have to yeah. be ava- you don't have to be available when we record the podcast yeah. on a Sunday evening, but yeah. Now, Tim, uh, I'm going to do uh, do you a big favour now. Go on. Um, I had a phone call on Friday asking if we have any fans who want to join us in sale in the AJ Bell Stadium for a. 
a radio programme with Steve Diamond and who else is on there? Danny Cipriani, I think. And, da- and, da- and, and Danny Cipriani. So if you're in the, in the Manchester area, you're free on Thursday at five o'clock. Let us know. Uh, you can meet us in, in the AJ Bell and you can be on a radio show with, with the BBC. Uh, and have a little, yeah, you suppose you get to have a little bit of a nose around the AJ Bell Stadium. Yeah. Um, we, we have listeners all over, but if, if, if you're anywhere near Manchester, then, um, yeah, get, get in touch with us and you can, we can, we can try and sort, of, sort it so you can come along with us as well. Uh, right. Uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, if you would like to take part in a little quiz and take us on, flex your rugby muscle. And, well, we'll be answering JB's questions. Like, who knows what he's going to come up with? Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, let's look ahead to the rugby that's coming up and in the Aviva Premiership uh, Friday night, talking of sale, they take on Exeter. Mm. One-way traffic. The form team in the uh, Aviva Premiership, probably. Well, a sale at home are yeah. really, really tough place to, to go. They are, but they've just been, been through the meat grinder of the Heineken Cup, whereas, uh, yeah, you know, Exeter have Exeter have rested a lot of their players this week, just gone. Exeter for me. I think Sale might win at home. I think a narrow Exeter victory. And Thomas Waldron's a get... One. Two, two. <laughs> mm. Do you want to go and see your Exeter boys? Yeah, uh, I do. We might, we might have to go along on Friday mm. night. It'll be good. Saturday and Quinn's Newcastle. Uh, uh, back to form, Quinn's. Yeah, Newcastle playing very well at they the moment. Are. Though. But you'd have um, to say Quinn's at home. Did yeah. Newcastle win this this week? They lost by seven points to Stade Francais oh, in, right, in yeah. Paris. Yeah, Quinn's. Quinn's to beat Newcastle. Uh, Saracens to smash London Welsh. Saracens third team to smash yeah, London Welsh. Yeah, they'll rest some players. That's the beauty of having London Welsh in the league, isn't it? It's like <laughs> it's, it's a buck a bye week. Yeah, it's with it's the good. greatest of respect to London Welsh. No, not really. No, <laughs> I bet, there, I there bet. is a guy who contacted us, contacted us on Twitter about why London Welsh can't spend as much money, and we've asked him for some figures, and we've not got any back. No, no, no. no. There, there is, is there is fact behind this. Yeah, no, but I, so, I want I wanted to know the facts. Well, they're they're, they're, they're not hard to find, but the facts. But I don't ru- want to do the work. Are roughly, <laughs> roughly that I think some teams in the Premiership have, by a ratio of three to one, more money than London Welsh have to spend, and Worcester in the Championship have significantly more, maybe double, and Bristol. Bristol, who haven't been in the Premiership for years, have significantly more money to spend on their salary from the RFU every year than London Welsh currently get. It's a from really the RFU. Why is that? Or Premier Rugby, not the RFU. Sorry, Premier Rugby. So the Premier Rugby who set up the Aviva Premiership have sh- initial oh, have share right. shareholders. They? they all have share. They all have yeah. share. Yeah, you're right. Uh, which, which you get more shares by more years participating. You get more shares for being an original founding member. And I do understand that because they were stakeholders in the game and they had to put up the funds to get it all started. And they took a bit of a leap of faith. So I do get rewarding them from that point of view. But it just doesn't seem right. And it doesn't right. seem fair. The other angle is that the playoff system from the Championship only finishes like the end of May, start of June, yeah. when virtually all the other clubs have already done all their signing. So London Welsh, they don't know when their budget, what their budget's going to be until well, then. Well, the only thing you can do, I guess, is then do what Bristol do and just guess. And just guess and buy everyone before. But yeah. London Welsh don't have the, the finances available to do that. So, so, I, th- so I think, I, and again, I don't know the exact numbers and please do, do, do inform me if I know, but I think the play, the teams in the Championship have a similar situation other teams in the Championship. So Bristol will have, I don't know, by a, it could be by a factor of 10 or 15 times as much money as other clubs in the Championship. So yeah, yeah. It's, it, I understand how it's got to this point and why it's got to this point. Is it right? No. no Should it be changed? Absolutely. Um, it's, it's not fair and it's not right and it's, it's not enabling fair competition. And I think it just demonstrates what an incredible job London Welsh did a couple of years ago when they were in the Premiership to get mm. as close as they did. 
yeah. to surviving. But conversely, Stuart Lancaster much, must actually be quite pleased because he doesn't have the WRU style central contracts where he gets to rest his players. So having London Welsh in there just kind of <laughs> means it happens naturally. You got Welsh weekend. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably rest Owen Farrell this week against Saris. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, so Saracens will uh, hammer London Welsh, I'm sure. Um, Northampton against Leicester is a tasty yeah. East Midlands fiery encounter. The televised game, understandably, on BT Sport. That is. I am going. It's two great little um, regional rivalries um, being little. ignited, by the way. Well, massive. Northampton Leicester at Franklin's Gardens and at King's Home against Bath. Oh, that's I the wish one. both that's of those one. game alive, live televised games and cannot wait. Yeah. I so, am going to go with Leicester and Bath wins. I think Leicester, who've had two very tough games against Toulon, will struggle because Northampton have been able to rest people. I think this is a really tight one to call, but I expect the home advantage to make the yeah, difference. I think so too, Northampton. If it was at if it was at Welford Road, I think I'd probably say Leicester will edge it, but um, I'm going to say Northampton will edge it. And then Gloucester. It's exactly back. the sort of game, by the way, that you buy Brad Thorne for, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> for a season. Although just... he did go off uh, mm. in the first half against Toulon, so yeah. we'll wait and see. We'll see if he, he actually starts. I mean, they have got depth in this yeah. in the yeah a little role. bit of depth haven't they yeah Gloucester Bath Gloucester Bath I, I mean I expect to see Sam Burgess back on the bench and I expect yep. to see Bath winning I, yeah I will go with both those statements as being true mm-hmm. yes I think Bath will win I think Gloucester haven't shown me enough yet and the final game on Sunday um, the first game at the Rico Arena for Wasps I met a Wasps fan on the tram and um <laughs> She was saying that her her dad, who's lost some for God knows how long, has renewed his season ticket and is going to try and make it up to Coventry every game Ooh. from Wickham. Wow. <laughs> uh, Wasps have sold 22,000 tickets at the moment yeah. with, with a week to go. Sold or given away? Well, they're 22,000 tickets gone. Which are no longer available. <laughs> yeah. But the biggest standard attendance is 24,000 at Leicester. So it, wow. it, it could actually beat that figure, potentially. You would, you would have to say form would favour a Wasps win. Yeah. Fired up with their new home and all the rest of it. Irish are struggling a little bit at the moment with, with injuries. They are slightly kind of bolstered with some of the players that are coming back, but um, we're done. Well, we've also got the small matter of the uh, Guinness Pro 12, Tim. Of, co- of, of course. I meant we're done in the Premiership. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we move on to the, to the main event, the Pro 12. Yes, thank you. Blue Scarlets, all Welsh affair on Friday night. Scarlets, well, they looked excellent. And uh, Cardiff lost to Irish. I'm going I'm to go with the Scarlet's upset, uh, rocking the apple cart and winning that one. I'll go for that as well. Oh, sorry, are we still talking? Yeah. <laughs> um, Leinster, Leinster Connacht? <sighs> don't care. <laughs> don't, Len- I don't care. Leinster to bounce back at home. Yeah, Leinster definitely. Uh, Edinburgh Treviso. Edinburgh will beat Treviso. Bother, definitely. Glasgow Munster. Ooh, that's quite a, good, a tasty that's a game, game. That is a good game. Um, at Munster? Uh, at Glasgow. Glasgow for me. Yeah, Glasgow home win. Interesting to see that uh, Richie Vernon started at outside centre. Yeah, it is. And he did all right, actually. Yeah, yeah. And when I heard he went, he's moving to centre, I was like, this is not going to end well. This is going to end up in Doncaster or somewhere like that, that, (laughs) scraping a cheque. But no, fair play. He started at 13 and acquainted himself uh, pretty well. And him and Maitland, you've got a bit bit of size there in in that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. size and strength, yeah. Ospreys play Ulster. Which is their in Austria. second and fourth, both on 31 points, one point behind Munster. So that is really mm. good. Uh, I'm going to Osprey. Could Ooh, potentially Osprey's either of them go top. I think Ulster's injuries, are they really are showing at the moment. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go for, reluctantly, Osprey's at home. Big of you, big of you. 
Uh, I, yeah, that was my gut feeling as well. Um, particularly following today's result, they'll be hurting from that one. But then maybe that's motivation to bounce back in a different competition. And on Sunday, the Dragons, the journeyman uh, against Zebra. So I think that should be quite a good game. Should be quite interesting. Uh, yeah, Dragons. Dragons, whatever. Andy Powell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got three, three good games. Three good games, and, and that's it. That's more than you would have said six months ago. So you're, yeah, you're we've, we're baby improving. Steps. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. That's the, Pro 12 fans, we will get there with JB. He's one, day. Uh, one day, one day, one day. He's won a quiz today, and we'll leave him with that one. I watched Glasgow, and I thought, not bad. Not mm. bad at all. We are done. Remember, keep, keep your suggestions coming in for uh, 12 Days of Eggsmas. We need all the suggestions and we'll, we'll do the definitive um, rundown based on your ideas next week as well as any changes you would make to our rugby nativity or any thoughts you have on anything else at Rugby Podcast. You can find us on Twitter. Nice one, JB. Thank you very much, Tim. Nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. Who picked the song last week? It was it, JB, it was wasn't Jay. it? Go on then, Phil. For old time's sake, let's, let's be played out by a tune. Can we have Ricky Flutie? Oh, I, I love it. Uh, when, when he accidentally meets Heather Small uh, on yes. a squat rack in a random gym. <laughs> <laughs> this was great. Before I play the song, I need to play Ricky Flutie's brilliant intro. I love his intro so much. You know, it's been an amazing day for us all, hasn't it, Kev? Yeah. We learned a bit of breathing, and it was really good because uh, we had Heather Small here. How did and, this happen? Um, yeah, she, everyone here is obviously a huge fan of hers. It's a privilege to have her along. Uh, and then afterwards, <laughs> afterwards, you were like, cut. Yeah, yeah, Who, who's Heather Small? <laughs> and she's like, who is this clown? <laughs> anyway, let's hear Ricky Flutie's song. <laughs> oh, please, we'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.